the reading for uh, the fourth part of the Christmas series for uh, 2011 um, is Hebrews chapter 1 and chapter 2. God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past of the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his Son, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become so much better than the angels, as he has by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. For to which of the angels did he ever say, You are my son, today I have begotten you, and again I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son. But when he again brings the firstborn into the world, he says, Let all the angels of God worship him. And of the angels, he says, Who makes his angel spirits and his ministers a flame of fire? But to the son, he says, your throne, O God, is for ever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of your kingdom. You have loved righteousness and hated lawlessness. Therefore God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness more than your companions. And you, Lord, in the beginning laid the foundations of the earth, and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you remain, and they will all grow old like a garment, like a cloak. You will hold them up, and they will be changed. But you are the same, and your years will not fail. But to which of the angels has he ever said, Sit at my right hand, until I make your enemies your footstool? Are they not all ministering spirits, sent forth to minister to those who will inherit salvation? Therefore we must give the more earnest heed to the things we have heard, lest we drift away. For if the words spoken through angels proved steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord, and was confirmed to us by those who heard him, God also bearing witness both with signs and wonders, with the various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit, according to his own will. For he has not put the world to come, of which we speak, in subjection to angels, but one testified in a certain place, saying, What is man that you are mindful of him, or the son of man that you take care of him? You have made him a little lower than the angels, you have crowned him with glory and honor, and set him over the works of your hands. You have put all things in subjection under his feet. For in that he put all into subjection under him, he left nothing that is not put under him. But now we do not see all, uh, yet, all, yet see all things put under him. But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels, for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, might taste death for everyone. For it was fitting for him, for whom are all things, and by whom are all things, in bringing many sons to glory, to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. For both he who sanctifies and those who are being sanctified are all of one, for which reason he is not ashamed to call them brethren, saying, 
I will declare your name to my brethren. In the midst of the assembly, I will sing praise to you. And again, I will put my trust in him. And again, here am I and the children whom God has given me. Inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same, that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is, the devil, and release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. For indeed he does not give aid to angels, but he does give aid to the seed of Abraham. Therefore in all things he had to be made like his brethren, that he might be a mer merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God, to make propitiation for the sins of the people. For in that he himself has suffered, being tempted, he is able to aid those who are tempted. We apologize for a small technical issue we had to deal with, and we now join Pastor Kirk. Uh, just a little ways into his uh, Christmas uh, Day sermon, uh, December 25th, um, and is coming to earth. We also recognize the one who came, came to die. He came to deliver us. That that was the means by which his kingdom would be established. We recognize him as king. We see the magi coming saying, where is him who was born king of the Jews? We, rec we have, we have uh, angels recognizing his deity. We have magi recognizing his royalty. But we have in Christ between those two this very important role of his messiahship. He has come to deliver. He has come to redeem. To initiate and to establish and to commence, not only commence, but to complete a relationship between God and man through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. And so we find that not only was the Son begotten, lived that perfect life, and died, but he conquered death. And again, Hebrews says, the completion of the story is, to which of the angels did God ever say, sit at my right hand, right hand, till I make your enemies your footstool. But there is a kingdom that belongs to the Savior. And we have the privilege of gathering today to recognize not only the, the initiation of this uh, unique individual, not in terms of his coming into being, but into this manifestation. But it's more than a manifestation. He became man. He didn't just show himself a man. He became man for us. But we also are here recognizing that there is a completion to his role. And that completion is still in our future. For it is still incumbent upon God to complete this promise that I'll make your enemies my footstool. That is, that all will serve Him and worship Him. And as we saw in that hymn, that right now they profane this day. It is incumbent upon us to sanctify it, to set it aside. To gather in His name today and to worship Him. We are given a warning. The great danger there is in varying from that. 
And that warning is, if we don't pay attention to who it is we are worshiping and what his demands are and how great a salvation he has provided, if we drift away, we have no hope. If we allow the things of this world to draw us away from Christ, no matter how alluring it is, whether it be the call of family, the allure of stuff under a tree, the expectation of our society, the elevation of the family unit or of entertainment ahead of Christ, the Bible says, be careful. You'll drift away. We have seen in our society this drift. We have drifted to the point that as Pastor Leachman poignantly demonstrated this morning in his greeting, we don't want to use any reference to Christ. Pay attention, it says. Give the most earnest heed. It begins in chapter 2, verse 1. If what angels said to Moses mattered and established some truth of God, well, we're not dealing with angels anymore. You're dealing with the Son. You reject or ignore or wander off from His truth, from that which He has spoken. Is there any way for you to escape? And Hebrews says no. How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? There is no other way of escape. All that is left for us is despair once we have drifted away from Christ and we have made Him not just secondary, but maybe not even on the top ten of what we're thinking about on a day like today. And I recognize that because Christmas lands on Sunday, I'm preaching largely to the choir this morning because you guys are here. But it's an important reminder of who it is we serve and the absolute necessity of us making this time of worship a priority on a person, Jesus Christ, and taking every effort and experiencing every loss to sustain that. And yes, I recognize the loss. I recognize it that there's incredible pressure upon family and you might say well they're not going to what they're not going to be very happy if we're not with them on christmas day what about your savior and what makes him happy what brings him pleasure how can we have any hope if we neglect a salvation by one such as this Jesus. God has borne witness of who He is by His own voice at His baptism, through the signs and wonders, through these statements, and yet we find this marvelous working of God where He became like man. 
and became lower than the angels. And yet with that glory and honor. And, and here in Hebrews 2, we have this beautiful presentation of just the wonder of our salvation that we need to contemplate on a day like today, perhaps more so than any other day. We see Jesus who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that He, by the grace of God, might taste death for me. It says for everyone, but I like to put me in there. For Kirk. Oh, that we would this day make Hebrews 2.9 a statement of our activities, every one of them. We see Jesus who humbled himself and became like became man and, and lower than the angels, who then in that state, in that, in that uh, being of a God-man, suffered cruelly for my salvation, for my deliverance, that I might be called the Son of God, that I might have that sure hope of not tasting death. Not to be separated from God, but to be participating in His glory. This is what we celebrate today. We have been studying for several weeks now our Savior and we have looked at some of the prophetic statements and and some of the theology there. We have looked at the practical side of the actual coming of the Christ, of the... the, uh, uh, specifics of where, when, and to whom. We have seen the need for us to respond to that by faith. And Hebrews is no different. It gives us the theology. It gives us the account of, of what actually happened. But all in the midst of this, it calls to us that we must do something with this person, Jesus, and not just celebrate His birth, but recognize who He is, what He has done, and what His demands upon us. Those demands... Father, we trust in Him and in Him alone. For He alone can set us apart to sanctify us, Hebrews says. He alone can make us His brethren, children of God. He became flesh and blood. That He might destroy the power of death. And the one who holds that power, Satan. This is what we celebrate today. Is that we have such a one to consider. And that we are called upon that we can become children of God. His faithful brethren, as He has been faithful to us, to experience His mercy, His goodness, His love. And that we can have the propitiation for our sins upon Himself. And then, it's not over yet. He says not only that, He'll be there when we are tempted. And that's what Hebrews is all about. That temptation we have to simply kind of ignore Christ. To kind of ignore our faith. To kind of wander off and kind of forget it. And Hebrews is all about warning you against that and then to bring you into uh, right thinking and right living that's going to correlate with that. Get your mind straightened around this. You're not just wandering away from uh, a set of doctrines 
uh, uh, teachings of men. You're wandering away from God made flesh. You're wandering away from the one means to come to God in a right relationship. You're wandering away from the King of kings and Lord of lords. You're wandering away from the righteous judge whom you will have to face one day. Beware. Beware. Watch out. The warning is powerful and repeated throughout this book. Don't forget who it is that we serve and what it is that He has done for us and the uniqueness of this one individual. And to all of Israel, this book of Hebrews is written, hey, you want to elevate Moses? You want to elevate angels? You want to elevate the law? You want to elevate the priesthood? You want to elevate the temple? You're fools. For all of them, point to and prepare the way for the one that must be elevated above all. And that one is Jesus. And so, brethren, as the book of Hebrews talks to the Hebrew people, and with that warning, our warning is similar. Not that um, we're giving heed to Jewish teaching, but we have those allures as well that draw us away from Jesus Christ, that distract us from it. That we say, well, there's Jesus, but then, you know, I have my own interests, and this is my life, and this is, this is, this is a new world, this is a different kind of place. You know, I have these things that are important to me. Then I stand here to warn you. You have no hope. When you're elevating other things above Christ, they are your God. Whether it's family, whether it's material things, whether it's position, whether it's power, whether it's entertainment, whatever it is, if it's distracting you from this person, Jesus, and from being attentive to your salvation, to your walk with God, then I would contend with you that the warning of Hebrews needs to be given to you. You're without hope. You wander from this. You get distracted from this, from this one Jesus. There will be an accounting to be made one day. The author of the book of Hebrews has some very serious warnings, but it is all couched in a wonderful theology that when you have someone as great as Jesus, what do you do and mess around with anything else? How can anything compare? Angels can't compare. The priests can't compare. The temple can't compare. The sacrifices can't compare to Jesus. We follow an incomparable Christ. And let us worship Him this day in all we're doing. Not just this morning for this hour and a half or so but throughout this day and then every day. Let the incomparable Christ be our center. Let's pray. Lord God, we do thank you for